This episode is brought to you by Tushy, Modern Fertility, and KiwiCo. Thank you for making our show a possibility. Welcome to If These Ovaries Could Talk. I'm Jamie. I'm Robin. And we're your hosts. Let me show you. How do I get the sperm through custom? I am a lesbian. So gay. So gay. We need to tell our story. It's not your nuclear family anymore. It's not just your mom and dad. Thing. We're not ruining these little humans. It's not for the gay reason. Just because <laughs> we stick. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. Happy Monday. Guys, Jamie's life is so crazy, and then she got herself a dog. We're just gluttons for punishment. No, listen. You really are listen, a little bit. There was a dog that needed a home, and we have a home, and so we <laughs> said, sure. And our kids- You have sure been, did. Yes, and our kids have been dying for a dog, and it was just- well, that, video, that video you put up of, like, surprising was so awesome. It was really awesome. Yeah, it was, I mean, the look on my daughter's face, like, oh my God. She's very excited. She has a dog again. This is, it seems like she's going to be a really good addition to our family. And listen, Robin, listen, the dog <laughs> yeah. needed a home. She needed uh-huh. a home. Uh-huh. So we wanted to give her that home. She's really uh, and- sweet. Yeah. She's, pooping oh, she's pooping around but i think she's just you know she's been in a couple homes in the past week welcome so. welcome to the chaos of jamie's life it I just love it. never ends and once we get kind of a hold on things something new gets added to the mix i'm not gonna say we add something to the mix because it's not always us who's adding it that's what i'm gonna say this time I it was like us. The, the mix that keeps getting added to my life is we just keep having accidents and things like what that. What happened? Like, so tell me what happened. This weekend, Henry and I, we took him to get his first shot because they opened it up to five to 11-year-olds. And on the way home, we stopped off to get McDonald's. That was his treat because he wanted a, a treat for, for it. And I was like, sure thing. Mm-hmm. Get a little McFlurry action. Mm-hmm. McDonald's reached out to us for sponsorship. We're open. And we're, we're driving down the service road in Brooklyn. And I see two guys in front of us, like right in front of the car. And I thought, I just had like a fleeting thought of like, that's weird. And we passed them, and I look in my rearview mirror, and they started shooting. <gasps> at, each yeah. o- at each other? I, I, I think at the brownstones. Oh, my um, God. At the building. Like, it was like they were, when I saw them in front of the car, it was like they were- Like, getting ready? Having, like, a little, yeah, like a little powwow about what they were getting ready to do, and just something looked weird. And then I, I, I said, oh, my God, those are shots. And, and I was just like, and I was so, I didn't even know what to do. And, and, and then I saw people diving, which Ooh. really- uh, oh freaked God. me out, oh and I just God. kept saying, and I, I just kept saying, "Holy shit, holy shit!" And then I was like, "Okay, well, pull it together. Your kids in the your car. Kids in the car. What, what did yeah. he do? He was just kind of like asking questions. Like he didn't. I don't think he even processed it right, right. away. And then I called nine one one, and then the whole rest of the day he was like a little freaked out, and the, yeah. he made me walk him to school today because he was nervous, and and we had like a lot of talks about just how lucky we are and how those people that live in that neighborhood, like that's that's something they they have to deal with regularly, you know, mm-hmm. and how fortunate we are. And, and we had all talks about like, I think what was so heartbreaking for me outside of the fact that my kid just saw this and like another level of safety has been removed. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like as you get older, mm-hmm. like the illusion of safety kind of peels away. Yeah, but yeah. for me, what was so upsetting was those two young men. Like yeah. I'm, I'm going to start crying because it, it was so like, it's just like, that's, that's their future. Like they, how old were, how old were they? Like, Probably like either either 20s. late teens or early twenties, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But you're just like they're gonna go to jail, you know. And I, I don't. It was just such a heartbreaking thing. Oh, jail. That was or a, that was our weekend. Die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like because there'll be some retaliation to that, you know. It just was really. I, it was one of those things. I've been here thirty years. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, there and was, you read yeah. about it. Yeah, but it just if we had come up a minute or two later, like would and you know what I mean, and pulled up yeah. as it was happening, just like. The whole thing just scary. Yeah, we had a, a shooting outside our apartment my my in my old relationship a long time ago. But yeah. I was single. I didn't have kids then. Totally different. Well, that's the thing. It's like now I was thinking about how different it was because I had to then try to put this into context for my kid. And I was like, how much? How much do we process? How much do I let him see how scared I am? And like, not a lot. I think. Maybe a little, right. but not a lot, because I don't want to act like, oh, you shouldn't be scared. But then it's like, so today I was saying to him, like, how do you feel? And I just said, it's a little better, right? Every day it gets a little better. You get a little further away from it. But it's like, you know, all of a sudden you're trying to help somebody little process. And I mean, and that to me was just like parenting, like these things that happen, you're just, 
it's not just to you anymore. Yeah, no, totally. That's heavy. Maybe he, needs, really to, maybe he needs to get him a therapist to talk it out. Oh, good Lord. You're saying I'm not good enough? I'm just I kidding. Mean, I I'm definitely not. I think you're <laughs> right up to the not. task, but it might be good. Who knows? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I said I, I said to him, I said, do you maybe want to like talk to somebody like the school counselor or something mm-hmm. like that? Or And he said, he said, no, I think I just want to put this behind me. <laughs> I was okay. like, okay, I'll be emailing the school and the teacher today, yeah. just FYI. Yeah, yeah, just in case, uh, just in case. Maybe reach so that, out to that him. That and I had cold was my weekend. Oh, so it was less sorry. exciting than you with a cute little dog with a bow tie on it. I mean, it keeps pooping everywhere. I don't know. It well, does not really compare. It's not the same. <laughs> um. uh, well, let's, let's, let's make a, a really awkward turn into, if you want to help us make content for LGBTQ families. You see, we're, we're just like be- all the other families, you guys. We're just like everybody else. Well, if you want to do that, if you want more behind the scenes, you can, you can join our Patreon community and you can do just that. And you're going to be doing a good thing because let's, let's be honest, you're literally going to be helping us make this podcast and you're going to get bonus content. And at the gestational carrier level, you get videos and interviews of most of the episodes and they're dropped a day earlier. Yeah. So come join us on Patreon and let's talk about our episode because this was, we just really went Mm. on a tangent Uh and we said we were going to button it up and be fast today. Okay. So let's talk about Carolyn and Laurel. I love these ladies. (sighs) They were great. I mean, amazing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's their story, Robin? What's their, well, what's okay. their makeup? So they, one kid via IVF, mm-hmm. one kid via adoption. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. The adoption was a bumpy road, happened in Canada, and I had no idea how difficult it is to adopt in Canada. I didn't either. Mm-mm. And Carolyn is an author. She writes lesbian fiction, which I love. Oh my Carolyn God. Elizabeth. I'm going to get her new book. I can't wait. I, I- yeah, we're all going to get our new book, actually. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're we going to talk about that later. Yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about that later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Helen. E- enough of us. Roll it. Roll the tape, Helen. Hi, Carolyn and Hi, Laurel. Guys. Hello. Hi. Good morning. We're so excited to have you guys here. I mean, Carolyn, we met at a book thingy. A book thingy. Mm-hmm. And that is the technical yes. name of it. Yes. The book thingy. What was the name of the book thingy we did? We did a reading. We were um, doing a reading for finalists for the GCLS awards. You were yeah. finalists in a nonfiction, and I was a finalist in something else. Yeah, we, we, did, did you we win? didn't win. I won one, yes. <gasps> I did win. Congratulations. Oh, you did win. Yay. Thank you. Yes, I did. Yeah, we, 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 we didn't, didn't win. We didn't win. Nope. No, that's okay. That's all right. It's just nice to be nominated. I, I still bought your book. Oh, oh okay. Well, you. that's Yay. wonderful. That's all that matters. And we're going to go buy all of yours now. Okay. Wait, but you said you've got a like, lot now. I can believe it. She's got like a whole shelf. Mm. I write uh, sort of forensic autopsy inclined uh, romantic thrillers. Ooh, uh, I, I've, I've been branching out a little bit lately, though. So the book that I won for, though, was for Best Paranormal. Ooh, and the, the romance is all gay? Mm-hmm. The I mean, romance is all gay. I mean, like that's yes. all gay all the time. That's my biggest problem with those books is it's always a guy and a girl. Nobody wants that. Who wants no, no, that? No, 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 no. And the and the other side of Forest Lands Lake is the best one. It's the best Carolyn book. Which one? Far, so. The other sides of the other Forest side Lands. of Forest Lands Lake is the title of the book that won for best paranormal this year. Okay, everybody, get out there and buy it on Amazon or Goodreads or wherever you buy your books. There you go. Buy there locally you go. too. Indiebound. Go get that book. All right. Okay. So listen, let's start with the elevator pitch about you and your family, how it was made. And I'm going to put up the terrifying little stopwatch, but you know, we We're don't have to do it. Cut you okay. off. Who cares that we even do you it? We have this. We only do it because Rosie O'Donnell told us I'm, to do I'm it. I'm there for that. That makes sense to me. Okay. On your mark, get set, go. Okay. So we've been married about a year and a half. We decided we wanted to start a family. Um, we started with at-home attempts at insemination. So we were getting like frozen sperm delivered to our front porch. Not something I thought was ever going to happen in my life when I was in my 20s, but here we are. That didn't work. Carolyn got some help with a brain tumor. Ooh, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't, it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. I got to say that. She got pregnant the first time we tried in the lab with IUI. Then we had Henry. Then we started trying again more at home than in an office. Then we moved countries. <laughs> then we signed up for adoption. Then we started the adoption process. Then the first baby did not stay. We tried IVF. Then we went back to the adoption process and adopted our second son. Oh, So we have done it all except for surrogacy. We haven't done surrogacy. You haven't gone there yet, but you know, there's time. <laughs> 
I think we're done. Like we have these moments where we're like, oh, but a girl would be I nice. Know. And then we're like, no. are you insane? No I more still kids. do that too. No more I kids. still do that. And I have one of each, but. Wait, our, our listeners couldn't see that the whole time Carolyn was pointing at the clock going, you're over. You're going over. You're over time. <laughs> you're, you're going okay, many words. I'm over. a history professor. <laughs> yeah. I cannot self-edit, right? I, I only write long form. <laughs> Let's dig in. I have a Henry too, which I, so I, I love it already. Yeah, there's so much. Let's talk about how, who wanted to carry and why and, and how you started. Yeah. I always wanted to be pregnant. I'm a very experiential person. Like if it is something I haven't tried before, I must experience it. And this manifests itself in all kinds of both healthy and unhealthy (laughs) ways. And so pregnancy just completely fit that whole way of my being. I was like, I, and I'm also, we're sort of working in the medical field. I'm very science oriented. And I was like, I can grow a person. I can grow a person. I have got to know. I have got to know what that's like. In addition to wanting to be a parent and wanting to have a family, I just I was like, I have to know. I have to know what that's like. I at least we at least have to try. So it was always it was always going to be me. Yeah, I was never. I had had like a kind of epiphany sitting in a Quaker meeting house in my twenties, where I felt like adoption was in my future, and I had absolutely no interest in getting pregnant or having biological children. Like there was stuff about population and climate change and like what are you doing for the earth going on in my in my 20 year old head and so that was never a priority for me but then I met Carolyn and I loved Carolyn and she was like I can grow a person and I was like yeah that's that's kind of amazing so let's try that sure <laughs> by the way she completely hated being pregnant in the end <laughs> don't, don't we all, all? I, don't we all you I mean, were miserable do not try and read history <laughs> i got i mean my experience well, i got the full monty i mean i got every possible i was i was really sick i had like what's that called carpal tunnel because i had so much ed- edema I just, I just had all the, uh, every possible, the um, and nobody tells Mm-mm. you for any listeners out there who haven't gotten pregnant yet. <laughs> nobody tells you that, that elevation changes in elevation drastically affect morning sickness. Really? Is that true? Yes. Yes. We yes, went, we it, went to New Mexico yes, and she was, was what, six months pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. We and made, she was miserable. I cannot believe time. how sick I was. And I did not understand. And we lived basically at sea level. We were in Connecticut. And then New Mexico is, I don't know, 7,000 yeah. or something like that. And I was just, I was huffing lemons. I was, I hate ginger and I was ginger lozenges. And we'd go out for this amazing Mexican food and I would be so hungry and I'd order like three different platters <laughs> and it would show up. And then I'd be like, <laughs> and like running out of the restaurant oh, stuff. It bad. was, it was a completely ruined vacation and I came home and I still didn't realize that's what it was. But then I learned later that, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know the mechanics behind how it works. I think it was your dad. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Her dad's a physician. I think it was your dad who was like, oh yeah, yeah. elevation's bad for pregnant people. We're like, thanks for telling us that. When we were planning the vacation. Thanks. (laughs) Anyway. Wow. Yes. So uh, yeah, pregnancy is hard. Let's go back to, okay, so you you want to grow a baby and you're like, we're going to try it home and you're having sperm shipped to the house. <laughs> Tell us about that. Correct. Yeah. Not a lot of sperm banks do that, as it turns out, or maybe none anymore. I don't know. This was, t- Henry's about to turn 10, but we found a, um, I, I almost said a mom and pop sperm bank. It's not, <laughs> wasn't, <laughs> that, 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 is, that is not the correct, that is not the correct expression. When we first started talking about it, there was no reason to assume there was anything wrong with me. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't want it to be overly medicalized, mm-hmm. although we all know how, how the, the turkey baster thing works. But in our case, it's a, it's a cat catheter. It was right? a cat catheter. So it's a syringe it's with, a, with a cat catheter on the end and stuff like no. that. So I love you, Squirt. I think the cat part <laughs> yes. is kind of fitting, no? I don't know. Yes. Very lesbian. You're dog what, people, I but I was a cat lesbian. Oh, I thought you were I thought I thought you were making a pun about Oh, well, a pussy joke. Yes. No, no. <laughs> That's even better. better. took it dirty. <laughs> <No>. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so we I don't remember how many times we tried that, but it was expensive. It wasn't working. It was frustrating. And at some point we just decided that we need, I was like, maybe there is like, why isn't it working? And there's a gajillion reasons why it couldn't have been working. So it was just time to go to um, I also had really good insurance. Oh. So mm. I didn't have infertility insurance. I had fertility insurance mm-hmm. coverage. So I didn't need to prove that I was infertile oh, before okay. they covered it. Yeah. Yeah. So I had hormones. So the first thing they do is blood work and I had elevated prolactin levels, which was sort of making my body think it might already be pregnant oh. to a certain degree or whatever. So I was like, well, what causes this? Well, 
pituitary adenomas. So then I got sent for a brain CT. Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. And um, they came back with possible micro pituitary adenoma. Um, and so I just, I went on medication to lower it, I, which uh, the name I can't recall, which I was completely allergic to oh, God. and bro- right. broke out into this skin rash on both my forearms and just totally like covered up and lied. Cause they're like, Oh, how's the medic? You know, because if they, <laughs> if I told them I was allergic to this medication, then they take me off it. We'd miss another cycle, you know, because we were coming up, <laughs> we were coming up really uh, up really fast on another opportunity. Yeah. And so I just was like, Nope, everything's good. Oh my God. Everything's fine. Meanwhile, I had like, you know, hives. All over oh my, my God. Arm. And I kept but, saying it's a brain tumor. And she kept saying, it's not a tumor. Yeah, and then I'd have to say it in the, it's not, it's a, not, tumor. A, tumor. It's not a tumor. Yes, I got to say that a lot. Um, oh my God. But so it's not a tumor. No, but there was something wonky going on. I don't on. know. There was something weird. The medication worked. I lied about my allergic reaction. We <laughs> went for that cycle and got pregnant. Oh. And, and we got pregnant on Valentine's Day. Oh, oh. see, oh. some things can be romantic with us. Okay, Robin, let's talk about the gift that keeps on giving. (laughs) Hello, Tushy Bidet. It cleans your butt way better than wiping, cuts your toilet paper use down by 80%, saves trees and all the thousands of gallons of water used to convert them into toilet paper, and, 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 it comes with a book full of poop jokes. (laughs) My butt is in love. Saying. Mine too. I'm I'm converted. I was a cynic. And then I tried it and now I will never go back. And my whole family is converted. And mine too. I mean, even my three-year-old loves it. I'm trying to get one for our second toilet now. I need I need <laughs> it. Anne doesn't think it's necessary, but I really think we need as many toilet options as possible for a comfortable and clean poop. And I'm not kidding you. <laughs> Jamie, we got a code. Use it for the second one. Too. Hello Tushy Bidet washes your bum with fresh water for a way better clean than toilet paper. Simply spray and pat dry. It's that easy. And it attaches to your existing toilet. There's no electrician or plumber needed. I did it myself. I did it too. I'm proud of myself. Mm -hmm. And now Mm -hmm. you're all thinking of us installing tushies (laughs) and pooping, but that's okay. Listen, all our lucky listeners, you too can poop comfortably. Give the gift of a clean bum to yourself or your loved ones this holiday season. You're going to get 10% off plus free shipping right now at hellotushy.com slash ovaries. That's hellotushy.com slash ovaries. For 10% off and free shipping. I mean, it works for everything, not just the back. Just saying. What? Oh. It cleans okay. everything. All right. Bye. Yep. So the clinic worked out for us. And yeah. 10 months, nine months, 10 months later, whatever, out popped Henry. Oh, I, I, may, I make it sound like the delivery was easy. <laughs> oh, no. That was, uh, that was just as ugly as the actual pregnancy. It, yeah. it, everything went horribly, horribly wrong. Oh, no, no yeah. I mean, not horribly wrong. Everybody was fine. I was fine and stuff. But what had happened was, and you may actually, you would know, you were in New York. He was born in 2011 and there was this huge October snowstorm in New England. So you might yeah. recall uh-huh. like in October. So all the leaves were still on the trees with this heavy, wet snow. And it just shut down the entire East Coast. Pulled down power. like half the power um, lines in Connecticut. We had, we had uh, my 40th week checkup. Oh, God. I found out that we had lost power. I was, you know, about to deliver any day. Burst into tears. She took my blood pressure and she's like, your blood pressure is really high. I'm like, no shit. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, no I'm going to go home to, you know, no hot food, no hot shower. I could give birth any second. So they're like, well, you could be pre- What's the word now? Pre-eclampsia. 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 Yes, yes. So we're gonna we're gonna admit you, and I was like, "That's fine. The <laughs> hospital has power. <laughs> I hope so. Let's go. You do- got a generator, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I was I'm like, coming. Let's go do that. Oh I can take a shower. <laughs> I have lights and hot food. So. But but what you didn't know was that then they were really gonna induce you. She said yes. you were in labor, but you yes. were kind of maybe in pre-labor. No, I was so- just freaking out. <laughs> yes. You anyway, were, the you labor, were freaking the labor, out. The labor story is gross and long and unpleasant. <laughs> But the, the end. Result, if you can avoid being induced, avoid being. The induced. end result is we had a healthy, healthy, beautiful, beautiful little. Although baby I will boy. say, I was induced, and I had my son in like five seconds. Like I just, I just have that. Robin's lot. like a baby like maker. I, I pushed one time, and the baby just popped out. Like I was like, okay, that was so not annoying. Carolyn was in labor for about thirty-six hours, uh, but then I did get to cut the cord, which was amazing yeah. and cool. Aww. He was a really wild little baby. Like he had That's this cute. kind of intense stare like he could focus on you from the very beginning which Mm. is weird for newborns Mm -hmm. yeah Um, he had this kind of like old man old soul 
vibe going on. And we were just, I mean, you know how it is. You're just completely in love. And yeah. And sitting in this hospital, they let her stay a couple, I think you had to stay a couple nights. I did stay a uh, few days. So because we didn't bleeding. have power yet. And you worked at the hospital and your doctors were being kind to us. And as we're getting ready to leave the hospital, we just looked at like, they're going to let us leave with like, this baby. Believe. They're just going to let us take <laughs> right? it. Right? That moment. That? You're like, so I there put it in here and I go? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. And then we, oh, we drove directly to yeah. a hotel. We still didn't have power, so we couldn't go home. Oh. But we were just, we were just giddy. Like <laughs> we didn't even care. And thankfully, like I was teaching, but I didn't have to go to school because nobody had any power and everything was shut down. So I got like this weird, like snow day, two week time to bond with Carolyn and Henry and do the whole thing. And I just carried him around like a little football. He was so, he was only seven pounds. Yeah. I mean, he should not have been in the car or driving around <laughs> or in a hotel, but we didn't, I mean, he couldn't be at home either. So uh, whatever. Obviously that you hated pregnancy, the labor stunk, but for the second one, did you try again before you shifted to adoption? Yep. Oh yeah. Were you just like, you I forget. know that it was easy. So no, you try, you tried. Again. We had 10 vials of sperm. We'd only Good used for one. you for buying it all up though. You, you know, some people buy like yeah. three vials and think it's going to work out and it doesn't, you have to buy it all. You have to buy as much as you can yeah. possibly afford. We had 10. And so I think I tried four times, four or five times. And we did the escalating, like, oh, and that no, meant no, I had did. to do the thing where they blow the stuff through your fallopian yep, tubes, yep, had that. stopping mm-hmm, the gram. Mm-hmm. And then they did a surgery to try and address my general uh, fucked up lady bits. <laughs> like I had such bad endometriosis that there was no way anything was attaching to anywhere. So they had to go in and sort of like clean up my uterus Ooh. to make it possible yeah. for me to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So we did that. And then I did all the like hormones in the thigh, mm-hmm. create the egg timing stuff mm-hmm. um, and experienced all the, the joys of that emotional, hormonal roller coaster and the kind of daily, um, you know, come to the office and we're going to do a vaginal ultrasound, mm-hmm. you know, like at a certain point you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm now in the X-Files <laughs> and the aliens are invading me. Um, you do feel kind of like a science experiment after a while. You feel just kind of like a specimen, but also just like something on a conveyor belt that comes through because uh-huh. they see so many a day and they're just looking in uteruses and then they're sending you on your way. It's um, yeah. very impersonal. Yeah. And, you know, the whole time I'm being told that I'm like both obese and a geriatric patient well, and fun. I'm not yet 40. So that's yeah, like super fun, you know. And, and I have all these kind of endometriosis issues that no one had bothered to diagnose mm-hmm. yet in my life. Mm-hmm. So I was not feeling a lot of love for the medical end of this. And it, I did not get pregnant. So I tried four times. And then I think we used the other five vials on you but I because know, we thought you were more viable. Laurel, what switched in you? Why did you decide to try with your body? Because Henry, because there he Henry was. Henry changed it for you. Mm-hmm. And Carolyn was recovering from being pregnant. Yeah. But I think we had this sense of like, okay, we're the days when we can do this are waning. Like I was already 37. I was aging. 37 when Henry was born. Mm-hmm. So we were like, and I'm just a year younger. Ticking. The clock yeah. was ticking. And so for, I think that was for most of 2012, I was trying to get pregnant and, and it didn't work out. And I think we just sort of felt like, let's stop throwing good money after bad. Like clearly this body is not going to do this. Mm-hmm. And Carolyn had gotten pregnant so easily. Mm-hmm. The first time, once we got the whole pituitary adenoma thing addressed. <laughs> Just the brain. So, and, and also, uh, we, we should mention that um, Henry's sperm donor, because this was through New England Cryogenic Lab or whatever, and they didn't offer, like, we didn't pay for all the bells and whistles where you can do, like, um, baby pictures. Like, there was no knowing, there was no knowing what the donor looked like. Oh, um, wow. to, Aside from printing out a physical description and health, and of course, we based our things on that sort of thing. But when I called to order it, they said, oh, we do. Would you like to hear staff impressions? And I said, I don't know what that is. And they're like, well, you know, we can't show you photos and stuff like that. But the the, the staff, when the donor comes in, will jot down notes. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, lay it on me. Let's hear it. And we're just talking on the phone. And they said, donor, whatever, whatever, has chiseled model-like features and looks remarkably like Vigo Mortensen. And I was like, 
yes, please. Yeah. We'll, t- we'll take 10. Here's my Amex card. Let's do no. this. No, but actually, I mean, to we two. actually learned a lot about each other in the process of choosing a donor. If you're at that stage of this process, like get ready, buckle up. Cause you feel a little bit like a eugenicist and a little bit like yeah. you don't know what's important to your partner until you have these conversations. Like it was important to Carolyn that that this person came from an Episcopalian family. And I was like, oh, that doesn't matter to me at all. Right. But I would like this baby to look something like me. And Henry does look like me. So he you looks know, more like her than he looks like me. Isn't it funny how that Let's works. choose the blonde haired, blue eyed donor. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Feeling a, li- a little weird about that. Yes. But well, he was genetically engineered as, you know, mm-hmm. as much as yeah. possibly could, basically. Yeah. So once we had 10 of those vials, we were going to keep yeah, going. Of course. Well, you picked Superman. We call the donor search the search for Superman because you get yeah. into your head. You get crazy. And and yeah. it's interesting. Nobody's ever brought that up, that you learn so much about your partner in this search because that is a really important aspect of this search. You do. Like, you discover things that your partner cares about that you would have never ever known in a million years. Wait, wait till we get to the adoption paperwork. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Well, first I want to know, is there anything else you guys discovered about each other? Wait, do you remember the, on, the, on the journey to this too, we also discussed finding a, a known donor in Connecticut. And remember we had found this guy oh, who was a professor at Yale oh. and we were gonna, we were gonna, he was gonna be our donor and then we couldn't work it out legally. Like oh. there was no way for him to. I, and I know a lot of, a lot of people do go down that route for cost effectiveness mm-hmm. and fresh is better yeah. than frozen and stuff like that. And we tried to as well. However, there is no separation. If you do it that way, there's no separation between a donor and a father. Yeah. It's, it's definitely so harder. if we had done that, neither one of us would not us, but us and this other gentleman who was willing to do it. Can he didn't know this either. Like we could have sued him for parental rights. He could have sued us for custody. We didn't know each other. So we just were like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't a safe you didn't want to, to take do. the risk. No, 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 no. Yeah, there was right. no way for him to give up parental rights before birth. No, right. it has to happen yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And you just so, never know. You, anyway. It's not, some, for right. some people, it's not worth the risk. I mean, I would have been right. yeah. scared we've, of that We've too. talked to people where things have gone sideways. And then we've talked to people where it's been totally yeah. fine. It's, <laughs> it's up to you if you want to take that risk. Yeah. I'm not that person. Yeah. Jamie, what if I told you that you could get important fertility insight and you didn't have to go to a doctor or even leave home. I'd say, tell me how. Well, you are in luck because I'm about to. Modern Fertility is making this possible with easy at-home fertility hormone testing. I love me some Modern Fertility. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a prepaid label and you're going to get your personalized results within 10 days. I mean, and I, I know you're aware of this, Jamie, but maybe our listeners mm-hmm. aren't, but traditional testing with your doctor, it can cost over a thousand bucks, but modern mm-hmm. fertility only costs $159 and you're going to get that same information. Amazing. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash OCT, you're going to get 20 bucks off that test. It's amazing. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on modern fertility. Boom. Yep. You're going to get insight into how many eggs you have, hormone levels, any reproductive red flags. I mean, the results go in-depth into what every hormone means. And you can also talk one-on-one with the fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. Yes. So if you want kids today or maybe one day, you need information to make the decision mm-hmm. that's best for you. Yep. And right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners 20 bucks off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash OCT. That means your test is going to cost $139. Instead of the hundreds or thousands, it could cost at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash OCT. Modernfertility.com slash OCT. So I just want to, what happened? So you tried five times, Carolyn, and it didn't work. So you went from being fertile myrtle to like, it's it's a dud Uh, in there? Basically. (laughs) Um, well, you know, I I had Henry when I was, so I was now 38 or... 39 or whatever I was. And, you know, uh, my eggs were on the decline. I, I, I don't think I was ever particularly fertile. I think we were very, very, very fortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were very fortunate. Interesting. It's amazing that anybody gets pregnant. I know. I was right? just like, going to say that. <laughs> heterosexual, unprotected sex results in pregnancy only, what, 20% of the time? It really is so a miracle. Kind yeah. of, Every time it happens, yeah. it really is a miracle. Yeah. So was it an easy decision to say, we're going to wrap this up and move to adoption? 
No, it got interrupted by an international move. Because we moved to Canada. We're going to wrap this up to Canada. If we'd stayed in Connecticut, we might have continued attempting to get pregnant. We had actually also begun to explore adoption options in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. We had some hard conversations about what that looked like. I remember, I remember a conversation in our basement family room where you like got really mad about international adoption oh. and the fact that basically I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, my- this is the moment when lots of countries were closing their borders to international adoption. Yep. And Carolyn's like, so they'd rather let baby girls die on hillside. They'd rather have an, a horrible and orphanage. I had always been open to adoption and excited about adoption. It had been part of the agreement that Carolyn would try to get pregnant and then everything would still be on the table after that. Uh Right. Mm -hmm. And so we used up the rest of those files that didn't happen. We start exploring adoption. Then I get a job offer across the border and Carolyn's Canadian. She's born in Canada. Her family had all now come back across the border. So it made a lot of sense for us to come to Canada. Canada. So we came in 2013. So Henry was only a year and a half. Just in Um, time. Yeah. Just in time. (laughs) Before it was cool. We moved to Canada. (laughs) Before we were all begging to go to Canada. Yeah. Can we come? And when we got here, we immediately started the adoption process. Like the first fall we were here, we were going to weekly training classes at the Children's Aid Society. It's called Tribe, by the way. I may have mentioned that to Robin earlier. Parental Resource and Information something, something. something. Education. It's called Pride. That's cool. It was basically us and a bunch of evangelical Christians. But Ah, so you didn't see many gay folks at these meetings. In our class? No. Huh. No. No, we were the only ones. And you mentioned in our pre-call that adoption's not that easy in Canada. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I mean, it depends on how you go. But one of the differences here is that there's very little private adoption because abortion is widely available Mm -hmm. and healthcare is widely available and, you know, all kinds of uh, birth control and contraception are widely available. And there's like meaningful sex education. So Go there figure. are many fewer, we many fewer unwanted Why? pregnancies. So if you get pregnant in Canada and you don't want to have the baby, you generally don't have the baby. So there's maybe right. like 10 or 20 private adoptions in the entire province of Ontario every year. Wow. So there's wow. not many kids up for adoption from birth as intended by their parents. That combined with the end, like China closing its borders, Korea closing its borders, uh, Russia stopping international adoptions, that really changed options around 2015 when we were making these, 2013, 14, 15, making these choices. So um, we explored, like, is there the possibility of private adoption? Not domestically, if you go to international private adoption, the best bet now is from the U.S., so you just be adopting somebody out of foster care in the U.S. Huh. Or from one of these like pregnancy crisis centers run by insane fundamentalists who are not going to adopt to lesbians in Canada. Right, right. So public adoption is really the only path, and public adoption, by which I mean adoption from foster care, was in the midst of this shift from, you know, you either foster or you adopt to everybody fosters and some people are fostering with a view to adoption. Mm-hmm. And that is, what do they call it? They call it like dual planning or something like there's the idea is that the kids have the best possible shot at permanency from the beginning, but it means that you begin fostering a baby without any guarantees that you will keep that baby. Right. And wow. that's across the board. There's no other option. There's no other option. There's no straight up adoption. If you want an infant, if you are ready to adopt a 12 year old with significant health or problems or disabilities, then you can, you can go right to adoption. Right. right. But if you want an infant, which is what we wanted, we said, no, one's going to screw this kid up, but us. (laughs) (laughs) But the hard thing about fostering with you adoption is that the whole time you're fostering this kid and bonding with them and trying to make sure they don't have an attachment disorder later and all those things, the Children's Aid Society is working as hard as they can to make sure you don't keep that kid. Yeah, because they unify. So they're doing everything they can to put the parents through training, support the parents, make it possible for the biological parents to care for the child. What they really should do is just do away with poverty, Mm. right? If we could just get rid of poverty, then we would, this would not be a conversation. 
but um, within the bounds of, you know, still capitalism mm -hmm. and not a welfare state with no limits. Um, what I just doing heard that. is and they're Canada also is for... not perfect. Canada is no. not perfect. <laughs> it's not. Shh. Don't tell anyone. And they're also trying to find kin. So right. they're really big on kinship placement here. And that makes a lot of sense because Canada has a terrible history of removing indigenous kids from their families yes. and yes. kids of color. Like they're very, there are many fewer people of color in Canada compared to the United States but they are way overrepresented in foster care mm, and they're yeah. way overrepresented in jails and prisons. Mm, yeah. Similar to well, the that's similar States. to the U S so they've learned some lessons um, from what they call the 60s scoop here, which was um, basically removing almost all indigenous kids from their families of origin and putting them in white homes. And it's like a new form of assimilation. Yeah. And even it's still happening. It's ha happened through the 90s. It's still I mean, there are indigenous scholars I respect a great deal here who talk about the Children's Aid Society system is basically residential schools part two. Like it's just the same cultural genocide again. Mm. Um, you know, and I'm aware of all that, but I also want a kid mm -hmm. and my body's not going to make one right. if neither is hers. So we go through the training and we get sort of familiarized with this whole system. But what we what we don't realize that first year is that the Children's Aid Societies are constantly changing their policies and their priorities and they're privately funded and kinship placements don't cost them as much money as placements with people like us because they're paying us as foster parents to care right. for this baby until adoption happens. So a bunch of stuff that's invisible to us at that point. But anyway, we go through the training. We, we do the home study, do all the stuff like we had to. I think, I think the most important, the, not the most important, but the most interesting was the 11 pages of ranking what kind of child we wanted. What? This is the, Whoa. This, this was the part, this was the part that led to some really, really intense conversations between us. Um, what she means by that is fights. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. I think was, everyone heard that. It was healthy, intense debate on basically on whether or not there is an asshole gene. <laughs> <laughs> because because the questions range from anywhere between you know the color of your baby mm -hmm. which we were like mm -hmm. well we don't care mm -hmm. to um a, a history of schizophrenia deaf baby blind baby history of um all sorts of hereditary um neurological huntingtons i'm like no i feel like we don't want a baby with a the two the two big ones though were would you be willing to welcome a child into your home that was the product of sexual assault oh Oh, and oh, would you be willing to welcome a child into your home who has HIV? Oh, uh, and those were the two. Those are heavy. Those are really well, heavy. Yes. So, yes. But the whole would you take a child of rape was the Paul led to this whole con conversation. We just yeah, had a nature versus nurture and there is no. And I was like, just because they haven't found the asshole gene and does not mean it does not exist. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think it's relevant at all, whether sexual assault made this baby or not. Ugh. Like, oh, my so God. yeah, I'm much more on. But the I'm picturing you that. too, that even your arguments are very smart <laughs> and like a debate. At a, it is my time for three minutes now. <laughs> I will speak on the subject of the asshole gene. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. It's, it's the gene environment interaction. Yeah. Right? Thank you. Of course. See, it's smarter how you said it. I'm like, that's too many words for me. <laughs> there were some definite hard no's. Well, basically what we ended up doing was we each took a copy and we sat down and we did it and then talked about the ones that we differed. Yeah. On. Yeah. And there weren't many, uh, well, but those were two of them. Those, those yeah. were two of the big ones. Well, those, those are questions. really, really heavy. And that's questions. not yeah. something you would ever discuss. Otherwise, no. I feel like. Exactly. Oh my God, I would never think. And I wouldn't even think of that, of the asshole gene in terms of like uh, the rape victim. No, yeah. Like, it's like, oh God, that's a horrible thing that I don't mm -hmm. want to have to ponder. Right. Right. But one of the conclusions I think we came to after going through both choosing a donor and then doing that like adoption form, right? Both of which were sort of like, okay, where, do, where, where are the limits for you? Where are the hard no's? Was yeah. that it's all a gamble. Mm. Like yeah. as much as we try to choose a partner with whom we want to share genetic material and parenting, and as much as we try to choose a donor or potential baby and birth parents who have certain even people who are just doing this 
because they've met and fell in love and got married. Um, it's, it's always a gamble. A gamble. A there gamble. are no guarantees. And if you get too far in your head, you start thinking that you can control any of this, but you can't. This is what we mean by the search for Superman. You get so crazy because the choices are just thrown at us. Every single choice mm -hmm. in the world. And all of a sudden you're starting to worry about every little tiny thing. And, and to be quite honest, my two kids probably have that asshole gene. Not going to lie. Because they drive me really crazy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But like, you know, it's true. You don't know what you're going to get. And your kid comes out as the kid that it's going to be. And my brother and I have exactly the same genetic material, same parents. And we could not be more different. Same, same. Yeah. Same as so. you. Yep. Yep. Well, how long was it before you got a kid? And then how long uh -huh. to adoption? Well, I'll tell you what, not very much for that first phone call. And that was all due to the fact we have no idea what we're doing. And they knew that. And, <laughs> and two, we said, we don't care what color it is. So, so it was only a matter summer of, of wow. 2014. So we've been in Canada a year and we get the phone call. There's a baby. Her parents can't care for her. Um, would you be willing to accept her? And the so I remember clearly the social worker saying, I think it would be very difficult for these parents to get this baby back, uh, which was crap. It was bullshit. Oh, no. She was only with us for four months. No. Yes. Yes. Oh, and God. I had taken a year of parental leave because it's Canada and they would pay 90% of my salary if I took a year off to bond with this baby and care for her. And because I teach at a university, that means we didn't schedule courses for me that year. So even so when I came back. back at the beginning of November, she came early July, I'm back at work by the beginning of November and like totally soaked in grief, right? Um, I had no classes to teach because, right? So it was just a- Actually, it was more like anger on Laurel's part. And she got like on that and she was like, you find us a baby- <laughs> <laughs> Get, oh, because then there's a six month waiting list, uh, a six month grieving period that they forced on us oh, after after the loss um, of when we packed her up. You know, they came to pick her up in the morning and we bundled her up in her car seat with oh. all the clothes that we had, you know. But I have to tell you the best part of that story, right? Because it, it's Henry. Um, Henry's awesome. He's and we knew the whole time it was so hard because you're constantly like waiting for the axe to fall and, mm. and this baby to leave your family. And then once we actually found out that was happening, I was actually much more at peace. Mm. Right. And I was like, OK, I don't have to wait for it anymore. It's happening on this day. But it was still hard. And I was in tears. And there's two, three year old Henry. And yeah. he sees me just you know, sobbing on the couch. And, and he's we like, him home from daycare because we wanted him to be there. So he didn't just come home and not, yeah, the baby not just not have a sister right? anymore. Yeah. We wanted him to understand. And, um, and, uh, he says to me, Mama, we have to be happy for Annie because she's going back to her mom. Aww. That's what he said to me. Oh my God. I'm gonna and cry. I was like, Yeah, you're right. We do. And I am happy for her. I'm happy that her mom has figured out what she needs to do. All she needed to do was go to a maternity home where she would have support. She was a teenage mother. So yeah. um, she was, I think 14 when she got pregnant, she was young. Oh, wow. But, and that, that fostering experience was also really interesting because, um, you know, I was sort of primary parent. I was the one who was home and I was taking this tiny black baby, tiny black girl mm -hmm. all over London, Ontario. And people were trying to figure out who I was mm -hmm. in relation to her and all kinds of things. And and it also required a kind of coming out over and mm, over again because mm -hmm. you want to know who you're married. Like, oh, does she favor her father? <laughs> like, that's like weird stuff. And <laughs> you're like, all kinds of questions. Uh, Asking really stupid, invasive, oh, none yeah. of your business questions. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. they're trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so they ask dumb questions. And so I just got to the point where I was just like, uh, no, I'm a lesbian and this is a foster baby. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and could you go over there now, please? Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and also, we're not friends, so you don't get to ask me that. Yeah. So there's but that. also it's just the, the awkward moments and the, the coming out is constant. Even with a white baby, the coming out is constant because they're yeah. asking, oh, yeah. you know, she must take after dad. Oh, it happened with Henry, too. People were like, oh, he has your eyes. I'm like, we're not genetically related. <laughs> uh, my wife carried him. But thank you. He does have nice. Except at, except at his first well baby checkup, the nurse asked if Laurel was the grandmother. That happens to me. That's happened to me. That's, oh my god, that makes me feel so much better. Yeah, well, my wife, not to me, but to my wife, but it's still same, same. 
No, and but you know what's funny is my daughter now outs it. Like, because my daughter looks a lot like me. I didn't give birth to my daughter. And, um, you know, people will say, oh, she looks just like you. And my and Rose will just turn to them and say, that's so funny because she didn't birth me. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's great. She does it for me. I don't have to do it. But then I have to explain it. And then that's awkward. But anyway. Yeah. So the first foster baby we did not get to keep. And then it was like. And then you had to wait six months. 14 oh. months after that. Well, and in between, oh. there was another baby that maybe was going to come. But then that mom fled the province and gave birth in Nova Scotia. So that was then off the table. Oh. Like there were several like, here's a baby. Or did you take this one? Yes. And then it didn't work out. And then. Well, we became much more savvy. After the first loss, we're like, okay, we totally got snookered. Right. Like felt very taken advantage of. They knew damn well that this child likely wasn't going to be staying, but they sort of let us, we didn't ask the right, yeah, they didn't ask, we didn't ask the right questions and we didn't know what we were doing. And that's not, that's not because social workers are bad people. It's because they have an impossible job. And and yeah, their and they've system, got kids they need and their home. system is is so that y- there's no other option. So they have to bamboozle some people into just taking children that they sure. know are going to go back to their homes because there's no other sure. option. Yes, right. But in retrospect, like with that baby, they brought us all kinds of. They brought us a car seat. They brought us a crib. And the next time, they told us to go out and buy a car seat and to go out and buy a crib. Oh. And we were like, huh is this a change in policy or, and, and it finally dawned on me like, no, they think this one's actually going to stay. And the birth mother of our second son, Grayson had already had one child who was adopted out through the foster system. So she'd already lost one, already proven once that she could not parent. Um, So that made it a better bet for us this time. Okay. But yeah, but from the day that we brought him home to the day of happy court, It still was over two years, two and a quarter years. It was two years, two years of uncertainty and visits that we took him to with his biological parents, you know, wondering though, what what was going to happen with CAS looking for, and and our son um, has a lot of biological family and in the area, which is great for us now. But at the time when we found out, we're like, oh my God, someone's going to take this baby. Somebody's going to take this baby. Like family is going to come forward because why wouldn't you take this beautiful little boy. And why wouldn't you, we just assumed everybody wanted babies, <laughs> you know, because, because yeah. we wanted babies. Doesn't everybody want babies? Well, it turns out, no, not everybody does want babies. No, no, well, no. It, it turned out that very quickly our matching worker, the, the social worker who matched us with this baby got us in a room with the baby's grandmother, biological grandmother, the biological father's mother. And that really put us at ease because it was clear that she did not want to adopt this baby, but did want to be in his life and was thrilled that there was someone who was not her son who was going to raise this baby. Um, And we had a very nice relationship with her. Unfortunately, she died of cancer a couple of years later. Yeah. Adoption is a long journey of loss. And I think people don't often recognize that, that, that there's a lot of unanticipated grief and loss, even when adoption works out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think yeah. one of my one of my hardest days, one of my hardest days in the process was the day that they came to tell us that the court has terminated their parental rights because that meant that another mom lost her baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't because they didn't want the baby. They were sick. Yeah. You know, and, and I just like burst into tears because. You know, it was well, well, things were looking great for us, but somebody else found out that they weren't going to get to keep their baby. Yeah. And yeah. that he was, was about, really, really hard. He was about really 16, hard. 17 months old. So, you know, we were thoroughly bonded with him. Oh my God, he was so cute. <laughs> Fat so little cherub. Oh my God. <laughs> and um, it's really, it's such a, it's so hard emotionally and logically because you want them to fail at parenting so that you can keep this baby you bonded with, but you also empathize with them as parents and feel terrible yeah. that they're in this situation because you know how much pain it's causing yeah. them. Yeah. Robin, the holidays are coming. I know, I know. And guess what? KiwiCo is the one-stop gift shop for kids of every interest and age. Kids can discover the mechanics behind everyday objects, Robin. They can learn the science of cooking, explore new cultures, 
and practice new art and design techniques, all through seriously fun, hands-on projects. Oh, yes. And Jamie, I think I learned this from you, but you can give a KiwiCo subscription and celebrate a love for hands-on learning all year long. It's a great baby shower gift. It really is. I really did have a lot of fun with my kids when we got our first box. Orion got this whole build-your-own-campsite set, and he, he like added this bare face and ears to this cute little felt backpack, and he loved it. And the kids built a fake tent around the campfire, and I kid you not, they camped together for like a full hour straight in their bedroom. It oh my was God. great. I love that for yeah. you. I have to say, as a parent, it could just be hard to find creative ways to keep your kids busy and challenged. I mean, we mm-hmm. all know this, mm-hmm. right? I love mm-hmm. that KiwiCo does the legwork for you. We love that. Me too. So you can spend yeah. quality time tackling projects together. I mean, there's I something for kids of all ages. I, I gave the gift to my friend Paige, who had a six-month-old, and it had all of this amazing stuff in it that were exactly right on target for her age. And there's no commitment, so you can pause or cancel anytime. So, guys, this holiday season, give the gift of a fun, hands-on holiday experience with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code OCT at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. Promo code OCT. I'm wondering, how did you message, you know, this two years? Like, how did you message? Did you say this is your brother to Henry? Did you like... How did you message it knowing he could go? Another good Henry story. Do you remember this? So Grayson was born in early September. He came home with us on his seventh day of life. We had been going to see him in the NICU for the whole first week. Mm. And then, well, actually I have to tell a nice Carolyn story first, because when we got the call from the matching worker, we were at, um, was it an email? Yeah. Uh, We were on vacation (laughs) with her family for her parents' 40th (laughs) wedding anniversary. We're standing in a pool and she's like, I got an email from Robin. There's a baby. And we have this back and like, okay, what's the deal? What's the likelihood we keep Mm -hmm. him? And she just looks at me and she says, and this is my wife. This is why I love her. She says, there's a baby and no one is holding him. We have to go hold this baby. Oh God. And I just thought, Jesus Christ, you're so much better than I am. (laughs) You're right. We should go hold this baby Mm. right now. And we left early and 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 stopped it, stopped at Toys R Us and bought a car seat on the way. Oh my God. So the the Henry story is a few months later, Henry was very curious about what would happen with his baby. He asked us frequently and you know, he was four. So the answer was, well, his parents are sick and can't care for him. So we're caring for him till we see if they get better. And in November, so Grayson's three, four months old, I remember distinctly Henry saying to us, can we marry Grayson oh. so that he can stay in our family? Oh my God, oh. that's so cute. I'm just crying this whole episode. God damn it, you two. <laughs> so beautiful. He's just the sweetest kid. Oh. So yeah, we were like, well, we really liked you, Henry. And if it comes to that, it's called adoption, not marriage. And that mm-hmm. is how we would bring him into our family. and but we still have to wait. And then, you know, it would come up every few months from the back of the car where they're next to each other in their car seats. Henry would pipe up with, are Grace's parents better yet? (laughs) And then I remember one day he said, you know, he got the same bullshit answer from us again, right? Which he knew was like, not the truth, Mm -hmm. right? Because he's too smart. One day he just says, I don't think they're getting better. I think Grayson is going to stay in our family. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I said, well, buddy, I hope you're right. And he turned out to be he right. He was right. He was. And in the meantime, over the course of these two years, you know, we're taking Grayson to visit with his biological family. We need to get their permission to get his haircut in writing. We need to get notarized letters of permission to travel, right. to cross the border, to take him anywhere. Because my parents are still in the U.S. You know, we need to. Um, and you're talking with two addicts who like getting something notarized well, they, or signed in writing is not they, easy. CAS, right, CAS like, takes care, oh, okay. care of right, that, that part. They just sort of say yes or no. Can we do that? And, and to be fair, we had a lot of interactions with his birth parents and they were always pleasant yeah, to us. They were. they were a pleasant, polite to a degree, appreciative of our caring for their son. Mm-hmm. We had heard horror stories. We, we knew firsthand of horror stories where, uh, the, you know, birth parents file charges against foster parents because they can, because they're angry, because they're hurt, because they're scared. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so they just say, what's this bruise? You're abusing my child. And then, then all of a sudden you find yourself with a, with a file open on you. <laughs> Nothing like that ever happened. No. It took two years, uh, over two years, and everything went as smoothly as it possibly could. As smoothly as it possible. Like we have the best possible adoption story, Mm -hmm. honestly, and um, from this system, and it still takes that long. And we still both have some form of PTSD, Mm. just from the living with the constant uncertainty and the the never being able to fully trust that that the system is being honest with you because we're not the clients. The children and their parents are the clients and we're the resource families and we have the least amount of rights. And all, no one is looking all the out responsibility, for our, none of the rights. No one is looking out for our mental health or our best interest. In fact, they're doing precisely the opposite. They are they are using us as a resource that mm-hmm. they don't have to worry about. And that's um that's really hard. So yeah, at the end of that, we were both kind of a mess. And I was really, really angry. Like I turned around after the uh, successful adoption and I was just so angry. I thought. It should not be this hard for good parents mm. to adopt. Right. It should not mm. cost us this much. It shouldn't put us in this much uncertainty and emotional kind of um, purgatory. And it shouldn't potentially cost our kids this much. Like, I understand that this kind of dual track planning for foster kids is the best case scenario for them. But I'm not sure that. Uh, that this is the right answer for how this system yeah. should work. Because, I mean, we needed, we needed individual counseling. We needed marriage couple counseling, marriage counseling. counseling. There was, a, there was lot. a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of counseling going on after before, during, and after this whole process. Cause yeah, we just. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Wow. Oof. I mean, just what an incredible story and journey that you guys had to parenthood. And again, like we've said it a million times, we'll say it a million more times, just the intentionality with which you're parenting, with which you're choosing in the, in the home that you're creating. I mean, it just doesn't get better than that. And how, how a million moms or any group could think we're bad it's people ridiculous. is beyond me. It's just you know? ridiculous. The amount. I mean, maybe they could think I me and Jamie are bad people, I but they could never think you two are bad assholes. I did do that in this episode. <laughs> you did. You did. So. Well, well, we've definitely had those days too. <laughs> Definitely. But yeah. um, no, they're, they're pretty awesome. They could not be more different. The oh, two of them, yeah. they're very different guys, but they love each other. They fight constantly, but they love each other. Mm-hmm. And Grayson asked for a sister the other Uh-oh. night. Carolyn comes in and she's like, Grayson just asked me for a sister. I was it's, like, it's not something that hasn't come up before, but it just came up again last night. And Henry would say the same thing. They both really like babies too, that they would love a baby sister. And normally I'm just like, yep, shut it. You're like, but, but then it happened the other day and, um, my reaction to it was quite different. I was like, do you, yeah, uh, that after Grayson, we considered doing this again Uh, and we got the paperwork from CAS to fill out again. And Carolyn immediately started rage crying. Yeah. So I don't think that's like, Oh, okay. Probably not the time. (laughs) That's the time for you. It's too, it's a lot. It was a lot. It was it's a lot. A lot. I, and knowing that it's going to be a lot doesn't make it any right, less. Right. Because, you know, it's not going to be any shorter no, than nope. a two-year journey anyway. And that's a lot of mental turmoil to put on yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. You got the goods. Run with it. Well, Carolyn, tell our listeners where they can get your books all in all and where they can follow you all and all that jazz. Uh, let's see. I have a website, carolynelizabethfiction.com. So you can see my books there and also contact information. I am uh, published through Bella Books. So I believe it's just bellabooks.com. You can find everything there. I have a new release coming out in January, which will be swashbuckling lesbian pirate action adventure. What? It's called Yes. Yes. It's called The Raven and the Banshee. Yes, it's awesome. It is. Do you do audiobooks for them? I don't, just- I don't do them. Uh, but they yes, Tantor, uh, Tantor Media pick, has picked up. My my first three, I do have an audiobook releasing 
November 17th or something. My favorite part is Laurel's face is so proud and like smiley over your work. <laughs> and and Laurel, is there, somewhere, is there somewhere people can get in contact with you? I feel like we didn't share the love can with you. Can they come about your classes? <laughs> yeah, I teach a class called American Nightmare Ooh. in London, Ontario that I that I suggest everyone tune into. No, uh, yeah, you can look me up at the University of Western Ontario or you can just email me at laurel.c.shire at gmail.com. Everybody tell Laurel how amazing she is love and that it. she doesn't look like a grandma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much for being with us. This was so oh, wonderful. Thank you. thank you. It was awesome. Oh, those two. Yes, I know. And now I'm on a mission. I'm going to read all her books, all of them. I really think I, I need to. I need something like to really sink my teeth into. Oh, I know. Well, and the good news <laughs> is we already have Carolyn booked for our live stream, which is super exciting. And so we're yeah. going to do that thing. We're going to like give out the book information earlier. You guys can get it, read it, and we're going to have like a, a book club. Yeah, so if you're not following us on social yet, you got to do that so that you can see when the book stuff happens because yes, that's yes, where yes, we're going to yes. let you know. Where can they follow us on social, Jamie? Ovaries Talk on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> I know, it's weird. If these ovaries could talk on YouTube. And you also, as you know, can support the podcast and join our community on Patreon at patreon.com slash ovaries talk. That's where you're going to get that bonus content. That is correct. And as we were saying, we have this live stream that's every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Our next one is this coming Thursday, the 18th. We've got Lara and Joanne. You might remember them from season three, episode nine, Adventures in Transgender Fertility. And we're going to find out where they are now. Spoiler alert, they have a baby. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I love these two. Yes, yes. Questions, comments, come join us. And listen to that episode if you haven't. Yes. And just thank Mm -hmm. you to our sponsors, Tushy, Modern Fertility, and KiwiCo. We just really appreciate you all and to all of our Patreons who are already helping us make this show. We can't even express to you how amazing it is that you help us make this content. We really can't. You guys are great. Thanks for sticking with us. We just jammed a lot in there, Jamie. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. Join us on the social, do all the things, and we'll see you next week. Yes. Or we'll be in your ears next week. Okay. All, all right. right. Eggs. Ovaries. Out. <laughs> if these ovaries could talk, they would say. Eggs, ovaries, out. <laughs>